Welcome to My Take on It with Your Angelic Karma. If you are interested in sharing your story in a future broadcast, send an email to yourangelicstories at gmail.com. Here she is, folks, your host, the one, the only, the also beautiful, Your Angelic Karma. my take on it. We talked in the last podcast about abolishing divisive classification and cultural heritage. I took it a step further and added, okay, you know, let's abolish in the United States specifically cultural heritage also because a lot of people get confused, nationality, race, you know, they get those things and, and, and culture and ethnicity, they get those things confused and a lot of people in the United States feel that terms used in the United States to adapt, identify people is word across the world, that other countries use those terms. Also, that the United States speaks for all countries, but some of these terms are only used here in the United States. And that's another reason that we, and it is even not, we don't have to be, it doesn't have to be as drastic as abolishing the census, but if we're going to take on the, if we're going to say that we're out of the human race and that race is a social construct, that means that we need to put our money where our mouth is, and abolish things, remove things that associate people and categorize people by race. And I stated that we could start with the census because very confusing for a lot of people. Most definitely, you know, even if we, and we talked about in the last podcast, you all listen as I listened to someone speak on Hispanics had, haven't had been stated or proclaimed to be the largest ethnic group in the United States now, and in the in the person that did the podcast, they was telling us the difference between between culture, between nationality, you know, and things like that. And the question was about, but are they? And tell us the difference between race and those types of things. And with people in the United States, here in the United States, being taught certain things about race and thinking that those things apply to people from other countries and other cultures when it doesn't. Even if we get even if we take inclusive citomanos, dominicanos, in loke algunos llamarían la negación de la raza, pero is negación o excepción. Like even if we take Dominicans, and a lot of people look at Dominicans as denying their African admixture. That's the way I'm gonna phrase it. Is it really a, a lot of African Americans looking at them as they and state that they deny their deny being black is what they state. Now, so you know, and and not understanding that the word black only applies here in the United States. That that in in a lot of countries the, the word black doesn't mean anything. So they'll tell people, some of them would tell Dominicans that you're black, you're denying being black. And the Dominican would say, well, I'm not black. Okay. And even an African would say, well, I'm not black because the term black and the term white 
as descriptive for people only it is only relevant here in the United States. A lot of people don't associate a lot of people from other countries do not classify or call themselves that no matter if you think those people look like you like that or, or they share a ancestor lineage with you. Someone being someone being 25% African does not make them black. Just like someone being 25% white, people could say, well, that does not make you white. And white and black, those terms as descriptors only exist in the United States, started by and created by the United States. You tell somebody else that from another country, even if they're in the United States, they're going to look at you cross-eyed. They're going to look at you weird. And it doesn't mean that they're denying their ancestry. It means that in their country, they were not described that way. Maybe they were taught to embrace all of their ancestry. Maybe they were taught to look at race differently. So are they denying something or are they embracing something? And also when people state black in the United States, that's why these terms need to be, be, be this specific, race specifically and choosing that needs to be taken away from this census. Because it makes Americans look Americans look ridiculous when they think they can apply terms that are only relevant here to other people from other countries. Whether those people live here, but they grew up in their own country and they have their own mindset, or whether those people are outside the country like that. And and so I, I feel that that's another reason that it needs to be, if we're saying where it's just one race, the human race, but why do we have governmental bodies, governmental agencies that are categorizing people by race like that still? in 2021 and why do we have people in the united states is if this is supposed to be a first world country that can't understand the acceptance of oneself completely why do we have people in the united states 2021 this is supposed to be a first world country abiding by the one drop rule a rule that was that is that supported divisiveness and racial classifications And it's used in a contradictory context. Like, okay, they'll say, well, if, if the person is 25% white, they're not white. But they'll tell the person, well, if you're 25% black and you have any ancestral lineage or you look like that, you're black. And if you're saying you're not, you're denying it. But when the person says, well, I'm this, that, and the other, well, you're denying that you're black or you're denying that you're white. Why is the person from that other country, from wherever, why is it that they're accepting and in their country it isn't, did it? have this type of device it doesn't mean it wasn't devising but it means that they, it, it was specific to the way that it is in the united states now and we're not going to talk about dominicanos but we're going to talk about what they look at themselves as and this is pertaining to their country you know this is this is how they grew up this is their culture and the united states does not determine and decide how other people think about themselves or decide what other people are that live outside this country or immigrate into it. Those people already have their mindset. They've already been taught away. And it doesn't matter if you say, well, when they come here, white people are going to see them as black. Well, maybe they will, maybe they want. Maybe they will, maybe they want. Maybe their experience would be completely different. Who knows? But until the United States starts to abolish all racial classifications, we're going to have this type of confusion. We're going to have this type of not understanding that a different country comes with a different mindset, a different culture, and a different understanding of who they are. And it's not determined by saying 
one is black or one is white uh, because somebody's 25% of this, that means they're not that. If they're 25% of it, it means that they are that. That's only here in the U.S. of A. Like that. And it needs to change here in the U.S. of A. Now, Vanessa states, regarding the Minigano, I don't know much about the history, but this is what she states. We are a mixed, we are a mixed. Originally, we are the native Dianos. Spanish came, the Spanish came with the Africans, and we started mixing from there. Now, so there are some Dominicans, not all, because she doesn't speak for all that believe or were taught that they were the native, the indigenous, to their country. Now, where they are, their location. And that the Spanish bought the Africans, and that's when the mixing started. That's what they've been taught. Now, that doesn't mean they're denying that they, they're mixed with Africans. It doesn't mean, and they're not black still, and they're not saying they're white, but it means that that's what they were taught. We can't apply what Americans were, were taught about themselves that are black to other parts of the world and countries where you think those people are black too because they live, look like you or they say have a similar, his, similar history or ancestral lineage that you have like that. Now, Michael states, and this is about the census, and this is what we're talking about. I was just using the Dominicanos as an example because the last podcast, the, the guy was talking about Hispanics and it being the biggest ethnic group in the United States now said to be. Now, Michael states, if the Spanish or Portuguese or French, for that matter, speaking people of the Americas would just self-identify with their country of origin, the confusion would probably be solved. He's talking about Dominicans specifically. I stated this in the last podcast. Everybody needs to identify with their culture of origin. That's what I stated. And it won't be any confusion. And Americans need to stop the ones that do this. Not all of them do this. Some of them are more intelligent than that. But the ones that do this, stop applying terms that were created here in the United States to other people in other countries. They were not taught like you. They were not bought up like you, like that. Different experience, different culture. Just because you share a skin color, that doesn't mean that you share a culture like that. Now, just because you share a common ancestor, potentially, that doesn't mean that you are the same. Just because you share an ancestral lineage, that doesn't mean you are, the, what else is in that person's lineage? Doesn't mean because in the United States, they said no matter what's in your lineage, you're this if you're that. Okay, no, that doesn't apply to other countries. That's just in the United States that was taught that. Now, he also states, Hispanic, mulatto, mestizo, chicano, Latino, she's, is too much. Now, the Latins were and are in a Thalic tribe. To many people, they don't know it or aren't able to make the association. Too many labels, as I see it, are the reason why. Yeah, and, and if we're going to look at ourselves as we're all just human in America's they like saying that. If we're going to look at ourselves like that, you should be the one with your picket sign self. Well, abolish all things that are racial classifications on applications, on government, in governmental system. All of it should be abolished, and just humans should be the only box you check. And if you're targeted for anything in the United States, it should be because you're targeted as an American citizen and a human. 
does change. David states, the U.S. Census form gives you five choices. You really have to do your homework to pick the right one. For example, my ancestors came from England, Sweden, Scotland, and Germany, according to the latest science, which I read in the New York Times 25,000 to 40,000 years ago. The ancestors of Western European migrated from Central Asia. So I mark Asian Pacific Islander. That's what he puts on the census. The census, the racial category of, keep the census, because a lot of people are like, we need the census because we need to know who's here. Well, you don't need, to, if we're all human, you don't need to know the race of the people that are here. You can count people without knowing their race. If, if we're all human, a race is just a social construct. If, if everybody's saying race is a social construct, anything regarding race on any U.S. governmental forms, in any forms, at a lesser level than that needs to be abolished. That's not what we're speaking on. We're talking about who exactly is an immigrant. You all can listen to me. Listen with me. You might have heard it said Here we in go. the past that America is a nation of immigrants. This is true, but you know what other countries are nations made out of immigrants? Canada, Mexico, Belize, Brazil, Australia, Nigeria, Poland, Japan, China, India, Germany, Ethiopia, and literally every single other nation on the planet. The definition of indigenous is entirely subjective since everyone's ancestors came from somewhere else at one point. And although it may have been 100 years ago or 10,000 years ago, or it might have been from only a few miles away, or it might have been from across the very planet Earth, technically no one is native anywhere. For instance, someone in Britain may have a grandparent who is a Polish immigrant, but other than that, they would say, oh, I'm 100% British. Well, are you? It's very possible that they might have ancestry from the Norman conquest of England from the 11th century, and even if they didn't, it's pretty much guaranteed that they have ancestry from the Germanic conquest of Great Britain from the 5th century, and even the Irish and other Celts who also claim indigenous status in the British Isles also displaced a previous population thousands of years ago before that. And if you want to get really technical, Homo sapiens migrated from Africa and displaced the Neanderthal population of Europe, which might have in turn displaced another hominid group before them. Sometimes discussions like this can devolve into more of a philosophical exercise or just be completely pedantic. But that's not really what people mean when they use that term. Believe now, I want to stop right here because a lot of black Americans will hear that, 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 that lineage actually came for all humans from Africa, and they'll be like, well, everybody's black. No, they're not. A lot has happened since. No, they're not. A lot has happened since then, and all of that should be taken into account like that. The beginning was not the actual, isn't the end. Other than that, they would say, oh, I'm 100% British. Well, are you? It's very possible that they might have ancestry from the Norman conquest of England from the 11th century. And even if they didn't, it's pretty much guaranteed that they have ancestry from the Germanic conquest of Great Britain from the 5th century. And even the Irish and other Celts who also claim indigenous status in the British Isles also displaced a previous population thousands of years ago before that. And if you want to get really technical, Homo sapiens migrated from Africa and displaced the Neanderthal population of Europe, which might have in turn displaced another hominid group before them. Sometimes discussions like this can devolve into more of a philosophical exercise or just be completely pedantic.
But that's not really what people mean when they use that term, nation of immigrants, now is it? What they really mean is that a certain group of people during a certain time immigrated to a certain area of the world. So, okay, how are we going to define this? Every region has had its own periods of mass migration and ethnic, religious, genetic, and linguistic paradigm shifts and upheavals. But for today's video, we'll be defining indigenous as those who were present in a region before the European Age of Discovery, starting in the late 15th century AD. Before this, you still had major ethnographic changes in world history, such as the Turco-Mongol invasion and settlement in Central Asia, the Austronesian migration into Southeast Asia, or the Indo-Aryan invasions into South Asia. But this era marked a major period of mass human movement unparalleled in known history. If you are currently living in an area of the planet where your ancestors were not located 500 years ago, you are a part of something very special, very unique in human history. The vast majority of the current population of mankind has not moved significantly in the past five centuries, but I personally estimate that around 16% of the Earth's population lives in a region of the planet that their ancestors were not native to around the year 1500 making them an unequivocal global minority. Whether your ancestors came to the U.S. 200 years ago on a boat from Europe, or maybe they were forcibly brought to the country from Africa, or maybe you yourself are an immigrant from a faraway land, such as India or the Philippines, and you chose to take the plunge and move halfway across the world to America, it certainly takes a lot of bravery and perseverance to adapt and survive in a land and environment that is completely alien to you and your ancestors. But what about the immigrant nations that don't really get too much focus in the modern day? We all know about America's sibling nations, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, all former British colonies who were initially settled by a wave of Europeans from various parts of the continent before opening up to immigration from other parts of the world as well, and their indigenous inhabitants still are around to varying extents. But there are others, of course. We'll mainly be focusing on areas outside of the Americas for this video since I think I've already discussed the patterns of immigration to North and South America in depth in previous videos. So instead, let's look at some of the immigrant nations of Africa first. Well, if they can even be considered a part of the African continent, which is debatable. Cape Verde, or Cabo Verde, is a collection of small islands off the coast of West Africa that were completely uninhabited upon their discovery by the Portuguese in the 15th century. So according to our parameters we set early in this video, by definition, 100% of anyone who settled on these islands or their descendants can be described as immigrants or descendants of immigrants. Although they never really received a wave of mass migration, there were a few Portuguese who settled on the island and brought slaves with them from neighboring Senegal. Intermixing with said slaves produced a mixed-race class that would gradually grow and intermix with other Europeans, giving birth to the first people who could be considered native to Cape Verde, an Afro-Portuguese Creole group numbering over half a million, with a substantial diaspora in other parts of the world today. Are they considered indigenous to the islands, or are they still seen as immigrants? I suppose it's a subjective issue and relative to the dates you're looking at. Sao Tome and Principe further south along the African coast has a similar history, although their inhabitants have less European and West African admixture and more ancestry from the neighboring Congo and Angola, although they were also uninhabited upon discovery. Another set of islands in the Atlantic, Ascension, St. Helena, and Tristan de Cunha, were also completely uninhabited upon their discovery by the Portuguese, 
and eventual annexation by the British, the people who live there today have extremely diverse origins, descending from European migrants, liberated African slaves, as well as Chinese and Indian workers. Being located in the middle of the South Atlantic between Africa, South America, and Antarctica, it's rather strange to think of anyone as native to these islands, though, due to their isolation. You might as well be talking about people being native on the surface of the moon. I talk about this area a lot because it's truly fascinating to me, but the Mascarene Islands off the coast of East Africa and the Indian Ocean also have a similar history of being uninhabited upon annexation by European powers, with their populations being a mix of Indian, African, Malagasy, European, and Chinese peoples. It can therefore be said that all of these countries and territories are literally 100% descended from immigrants after the year 1500. But it's not only remote islands where this is true. Europeans were not the only ones to participate in colonialism and mass migration, not even in the past 500 years. Although most of North Africa was conquered by the Arabs, pretty early on after the spread of Islam, Sudan, or as it was known in the past, Nubia, actually remained pretty stubborn against the Islamic expansion for centuries. Nubia, which had two Christian kingdoms known as Maturia and Elodia, similar to Ethiopia, actually didn't fall to the Islamic invasions until the 15th century, when a combined Arab and Bajau force finally broke through and destroyed the remnants of these kingdoms, rapidly converting the population to Islam and spreading a unique Arab culture throughout Sudan. The majority of Arab migrants intermarried with the Nubians, although a few full-blooded Arab tribes do exist, and today around 60-70% to 70 of Sudan's population would describe themselves as ethnically Arab. So it's safe to say that Sudan has been an Arab country for about as long as Mexico has been a Hispanic country. You might have heard of a little country called Singapore, the Lion City. Before 1500, Singapore was a part of many historic empires of Southeast Asia, but its population never exactly boomed. By its annexation by the British in 1819, less than a thousand people lived in villages across the island, but by turning it into the capital of the British Strait Settlement, tens of thousands of people from the surrounding area flooded onto the island. Ethnic Malays would have been considered the indigenous people in 1500, but the percentage of Malays on the island today that are actually descended from the original Singaporean Malaysians is probably extremely small as most ethnic Malays in Singapore today came from other parts of Malaysia or Indonesia. Similarly, most of the ethnic Chinese in Singapore came from other parts of Southeast Asia or from China proper. And with a population of nearly 6 million people today, it's safe to say the overwhelming majority of Singapore's current population are descended from these immigrants. When I was in Singapore, I even heard many in the country themselves tell me that Singapore was the melting pot of Asia similar to the USA, which I suppose is pretty much true considering 99% of the country's population is descended from immigrants from after 1830. Neighboring Malaysia also had a huge immigrant population and an even larger number with some immigrant background. Although around two-thirds of the country identify as Umipatera, a racial term indicating Austronesian or Orang Asli origin, a large percentage are actually descended from Indonesian immigrants from during and after the colonial period. 10 to 30% of ethnic Malays today have some roots in neighboring Indonesia, and an indeterminable amount also have ancestry from the Middle East, from when Arab and Persian traders spread Islam to the region.
Going back further than that, many also have ancestry from ancient India, when the region was Hindu, although over the years these more ancient Indian migrants assimilated into Malay society, with most of the country's South Asian population of 3 million being more recent immigrants from the colonial age. What about Europe? Well, for many smaller states such as Andorra, Monaco, and Luxembourg, a very large portion of their populations are descended from other European immigrants, with 52, 70, and 49% of their countries being made up of foreign nationals, respectively. But the largest hub of migration in Europe historically would probably be France, as millions of French, possibly as high as 10% of the population, are descended from Southern Europeans from Italy, Spain, and Portugal, and many more from Eastern Europe, as well as in addition to more recent non-European migrants, mainly from North Africa. The nearby Channel Islands belonging to Britain also have immigrant populations of over 50%, mainly from the mainland of Great Britain, but also from Portugal and Poland, who provide some of the largest ethnic minorities throughout Western Europe. And then, of course, we have the states of the Arab or Persian Gulf, as only 10 to 40% of the current populations of countries like the UAE or Kuwait are actually native-born, with citizenship being near impossible to obtain for most migrant workers. So this is a really interesting case where, although the vast majority of the population are made up of immigrants, they would probably not identify themselves as a nation of immigrants, since migrants aren't exactly seen as permanent residents in those countries and have very little to no political influence. Flip side to that, in Oceania, there are a couple U.S. territories that are also majority immigrant descended, such as Guam and the Northern Mariana Islands, where the indigenous Chamorro people only make up 37 and 24% of the populations, respectively. Unfortunately, I'm running out of time, so I can't get to the nuances of all these locales and their history of migrations, assimilations, and intermixing, but here's a map of what I think it would look like if I had to estimate what percentage of each country's population are currently descended from immigrants within the past 500 years, although I need to add like a million caveats since most of these countries didn't even exist 500 years ago and tracking migration between said areas would be nearly impossible. This is just my best educated guess. So to cap it off, who exactly is an immigrant? Well, you are. Or maybe not you specifically, but your ancestors certainly were. Although most of the human population today is located in the same area their ancestors were from 500 years ago, if you go back far enough, all of them came from somewhere else, either gradually or suddenly, near or far. We're all immigrants, and it's only a matter of time before the Neanderthals get their revenge. So thank you all so much for watching. This has been me. And you know, it, it kind of sums it up. It reminds us that the United States being a country of immigrants, it, this isn't a new phenomenon. That's why the United States, as it relates to it looking at itself as a first world country, should most definitely lead the bandwagon as it relates to racial classifications here and try to direct the country towards that we're all just human, quotation mark, verse that sounds good on paper and it needs to show up in every system in the United States that proves that. Okay, everyone, until next time, thanks for listening. Bye.